Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. On the Billiken Sports Network from Learfield, this is the Billiken Coaches Show, presented by Edward Jones. Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Billiken Athletics. Life is a series of moments. Make the most of them with an Edward Jones financial advisor. Also brought to you by Royal Banks of Missouri, investing in our communities one client at a time. Now, here's your host, the voice of the Billikens, Bob Ramsey. Tom Ackerman in for Rammer this evening. We are live at Humphreys right here near the SLU campus, 3700 Laclede Avenue. It is the place, and I'll tell you what, this was the place for a long, long time. And then when they renovated it in 22, it's even better. I recall a time when, speaking of the Super Bowl, which, of course, we know is now all set, the Chiefs and the 49ers. I remember a time when the St. Louis Rams won the Super Bowl, and I ended up here. Uh, celebrating. This place was absolutely wild. Of course, this is where you go to celebrate, to watch games, to eat, to drink, to hang out with your friends. Humphreys here in Midtown. Come on down and see us. It is the Coach's Show. It is my pleasure to be joined by the head coach of St. Louis University women's basketball, Rebecca Tillett. It is great to see you and hang out with you today. How are you? It's always great to see you, Tom. It's great. Great to be here. Looking forward to talking some hoops. We are going to talk some hoops and life, whatever comes to mind, with Peyton Kennedy, the terrific player for St. Louis University. Great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to see you and talk to you again. I'll, I'll start with you. I mean, Peyton, your thoughts on uh, the game yesterday, uh, playing Richmond, a good team. Uh, you're good as well. They got off to a good start. You matched them. You personally were able to tie that game early, but they pulled away 72-61. What did you see there? Yeah, I think our focus going into the game was just one one thing at a time, one stop at a time, and I think that helps our team moving forward. Um, I thought we played aggressive. I thought a lot of people stepped up, and I know Ken has been working a lot um, on her game and just her being a defensive um, presence in our game really helps me and inspires me to be on a defensive presence as well. And Kyla scoring and Julia just getting at it. Also what Julia does best. I think we just inspire each other and keep challenging each other to get better. And I think every game we improve in something. And it's just a matter of time before we get it all together and become the greatest team that we are. Well, we saw this before. I mean, we saw this team catch fire here this time last year and go on to the A-10 tournament, walk in there in Brooklyn and win the whole thing and go to the NCAA tournament. Coach, I told you off the air, I I think that when it comes to basketball, know who you are. What is your identity? You didn't stray from that defensively. You forced 28 turnovers in that game, but came up on the short end. We did. You know, one of the things is we want to dictate and disrupt, right? We want to be a team that 
teams have to prepare for differently than they do for somebody else. And I think the 28 turnovers yesterday really was a sign of where we're headed. Um, we wanted to convert a few, few more of those. I think that was part of the story of the game of them being able to maintain the lead. Um, and, you know, maybe I could have turned it on a little bit earlier from a coaching standpoint because we really responded when we turned up the heat a little bit. You uh, have this month really just followed a win with a loss with a win with a loss. I mean, trying to pick that up. What, what is it like after a game like that? I asked Travis Ford the same thing the other day, so I'll ask you, what is that for you personally? How long do you examine that game and then finally get some rest and get yourself prepared? Are you able to put it away? No, I think right away from a coaching standpoint, you want to evaluate. And there's such an emotional part of coaching and the relationships with your student athletes that you need to watch the film in a non-emotional <laughs> moment. So I'm usually able to turn analytical pretty quickly after the game. Might be emotional on a couple of clips that you watch more than once and, and wish that we had executed it differently. Um, but then I really want to present the information to the team the very next day, if possible, um, especially the corrections. And then we do that, and then you turn the page to the preparation. The great thing about basketball is whether you win or lose, there's another game coming right around the corner that you've, you're forced to move forward. Yes, you do. You don't practice really typically after a game, right? You do some conditioning, lifting, things like that? Yep. Our women do something called regeneration, some certain types of stretching and, and things to hopefully keep their muscles firing, you know, and recovering as quick as possible. Um, and then turn your focus to prep for the next opponent. It's that, pretty quick. That next opponent is Dayton yes. on Wednesday. You got them here. We did. Uh, so what do you see from the Flyers this time around? We did. I think one, I mean, going there, right? They have a great environment to play in. They typically draw really well in terms of their crowd. Um, and they're going to get up for the game against Lou. Both teams, right, perceive it as a, a big rivalry and, and want to get after it. Um, I think for them, I don't think they would think they gave us their best shot last game. So I anticipate that they'll come out swinging a little bit different this time. From a strategy standpoint, you know, you want to do the things that you did well in that game, but then anticipate what they've prepared for as well. So that's the game planning that we're doing as a staff right now. What do you think about this uh, young lady over here who knocked in 20 points in that game yesterday against Richmond? Goodness, she knows this. I mean, we'd like her to shoot it even a little bit more with the percentages that she's putting up. Um, one, I think she just has such a pure release and such a quick release um, that it's just beautiful to watch. And I know her teammates are looking for her. Um, we're at our best when Peyton's also leading on the floor and talking on the floor, uh, especially defensively. There's a few things that I just remember from her that I'll remember forever of her lifetime. Um, there's something that we try to encourage our players to call out when there's a predictable reversal, when something is happening in the game that we're prepped for and we know. And you can just hear Peyton yelling, predictable reversal, right? And, and encouraging her team. He's like, it's coming. Let's, let's get this one. Um, so, no, just really excited about her growth and the time that I've known her and really hopeful and excited to have her back next year. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you excited about that? <laughs> yes, I am very excited. What about your game yesterday? What did you like about that? Yeah, I think this time I was more defensively active. I know my prior game against George um, Washington, I was really I was bummed about my performance on the defensive end, and I think I came into this game with this mindset, like, that's not going to happen two times in a row. Um, and I think, again, like, my team, our team, uh, infuses that confidence within me to be better the next time, and we all we have each other's backs. And, um, yeah, I think that's what I was looking for this time, obviously, the offensive end. Um, I'm just trying to get in the rhythm of things and, you know, 
my teammates also helped me with that too as well, infusing confidence within me and just getting my shot out and just being like, you can shoot it, shoot it now. Like, you got this. And just that really helps me throughout the game. You won that game against George Washington. Previously, you lost the George Mason game, but you won that road game at GW. I know you like playing at home. I know Shavitz Arena. It's fun to be in front of the fans and all that stuff. But is there something great about a road trip? Bonding, getting together, hotel. We're here on business. Yes. You know, there's no, nothing else in our lives right now except going into that place and winning. Yes, we spent a lot of time together. And we get to know a lot. Of, a lot. Honestly, um, I know a lot of athletes say this, but sometimes they don't even remember the games. They just remember the, the time they had with their team and the team bonding experiences and the meals you have every day and just the little jokes you get here, here and there. And that just adds and builds chemistry within our team. And I think um, our team just finds value in, in those moments. I sure. think she just nailed it, actually. When you Not to get you all emotional, but when this does come to an end, that's what you remember. You remember those times together, the meals, the trips, the basketball, of course. You remember the moments, but it's – you know, we don't see that. We see you guys for two hours on the floor. There's the other 22 hours yeah. that build the memories. It's so true. And, you know, even today I had a couple of meetings with our players individually, and we were talking about the amount of time, even within the program of the day that you spend with the whole team, and then the amount of time that the teammates still get together, right? Like there's the time with the coaches and the teaching time and all of that, but there's still the moments in the locker room, all of those things. And so – Twofold, one, the memories you create from that, and also what are the leadership opportunities for student-athletes to grow in that space and, and define what they want their experience to be. What do you see as leadership when you hear that word? What do you think about? It's definitely a concept I'm working on myself and um, that I've been able to witness firsthand from Coach Tillett and um, the privilege of being teammates with Kyla and Ken and Bell and Bree that also came from Longwood and just their ability to um, love on your teammates as well as wanting them to get better at the same time. And I think that's what leadership is in the tough moments. You want to have those tough conversations and still be able to have, have that feedback and receive feedback. Um, and, and it's all out of love. And I think leadership is a part of growing as an individual in any aspect of life. And, and I will take leadership qualities that I've learned from my basketball career and and lead those in my next my next parts of my life it's almost like as a leader you have to tell yourself it's okay to go there to mm -hmm. tell them this because I am doing it out of love and I'm I am a good person but I'm I may I have to get over the barrier of do I look like a, a mean person or mm -hmm. a bad person by telling somebody something straight it's so true. And just the honesty and the directness that can happen on the best teams, right? Um, you know, the best players, they want to know all of it. They want to know if I do this like that, is it going to lead me to where my ultimate goals are collectively as a team and championships, right? Which is what we're about. And then also individually, can we go out and break individual records in that team setting? And I think, you know, the, the baseline of that is what is the level of relationship that is built, right? And that's constantly changing and evolving. And so keep pouring into the relationships. One thing that we say, I mean, I love hearing her say that, right? Love on your teammates. Like their biggest job with each other is to love each other and really care for each other. And in that environment, people are able to rise. What happened last year? 
where you were able to turn the corner and then take off. Was it all that stuff happening all at once? Did you see it coming that, that you yeah. were coming together as a group? You know, you see it coming. I don't know that you can imagine the greatness that came. Like, you know, it's a possibility. And I think you have to believe it's a possibility or that can't happen. And I've been talking about this a little bit with them, you know, because in sports we talk about it all the time. And, and sometimes people say, well, they just got hot at the right time. Well, not in our case last year. I mean, it was sustained, built mm -hmm. excellence. Um, and so, yes, we saw it. What was so special about that group is when they could see it and they could feel it and they could taste it. And then that just opened up a whole nother level of learning and growth. And then they would grasp onto that and apply that. And then they would go and grab another one. Um, and it's a reminder for this particular team, like when you win a championship in that way, you forget some of the hard parts. That's what championships do to you. And then you realize we, we have to go and sustain that process again. And that's the part that we're in right now as a team. You see that along those lines. What was it like from your perspective? Yeah, it's definitely hard coming off of a champion. I mean, obviously, we're trying to reach the next level of excellence. So I think a lot of us maybe got a little too ahead of ourselves. And, always, and you know, championships, again, bring the glitz and the glamour. And we're like, oh, let's go. We're ready for this season. And we are. We were prepared. We still are prepared. And it's just but things don't come as easy as, as we thought they would. Um and we're, we're learning, we're open to growing and just being there for each other. And I think that builds what we're building right now and sustaining. I think it's all about sustaining, maintaining, and just continuing to improve um, on our individually and as a team and just be at your best and, and we'll be great. That is Peyton Kennedy. We're here with Rebecca Tillett. We're at Humphreys. It is the Billiken Coaches Show as we're talking hoops. We got a lot of stuff to sort through. I want to get technical with you guys and talk some basketball as well specifically some x's and o's but also about both of you and building to this moment wearing the billiken blue and being part of this program and what's to come for both of you as well we'll talk a lot we'll get into some uh, st louis university discussion here at humphreys it is coming up on 620 here in midtown we'll be back right after this on the Billiken Basketball Coaches Show from Learfield. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Gets it to Kennedy. She's got to take a long three. She buried it. Peyton Kennedy hits the three. How about that? Peyton Kennedy knocking down a three. I've seen that a time or two. Welcome back. Billiken Coaches Show with Peyton Kennedy, Rebecca Tillett. I'm Tom Ackerman. I would say Peyton Kennedy, if I were to describe her in one word, I would say clutch. <laughs> I if, would you, agree. if you need a, a bucket, 
that's your player right there. It's so true. If you can just get her open a tiny bit, she'll get it off and she'll put it in. She will. Mm-hmm. When you are a great shooter, but you're a great overall player. I mean, when there's a loose ball, you're on it. You get the rebound. You, you're a good free throw shooter. Good shooter though. What is it like when you know that that ball is going to go in? I mean, you, you you are the the basket looks a little bit bigger maybe, and and you've got something uh, you got something going. What does that feel like? Um, it's nice when the basket goes in, obviously. <laughs> uh, some relief maybe, but I, I think I've been doing it for so long. I think it just comes naturally and, you know, muscle memory is what, and when your teammates, you know, get your, get, give you the ball where you want it. And it's so good. We have chemistry, the great chemistry to, to lend with that. And I think um, just my teammates finding me open and giving me good looks also helps my game a lot and infuses confidence within me. What about the reverse? So the other side of it, things are not going well and you're in a bit of a shooting slump. How do you manage that and how do you get out of that? Yeah, I think that's something that I, I'm still working on personally and um, relying on that the mindset I've I've built throughout the years about how, you know, maybe my offensive game isn't going too well, but maybe I, I can make it up on the defensive end or, you know, and um, also get my teammates open as well, setting good screens, you know, giving good passes. That also helps me feel good about, about how I'm playing and um, just, yeah. yeah. I feel like a great teammate would rather not play a great game, but they win yeah. rather than play a lights out game and the team loses. I, I, I really do feel that's true. I agree. The best are always that way. Um, they just want to win. They just want to figure it out with their teammates. And, I mean, that's a little bit of what last year's team had in those moments that were really necessary. And then I think this team is determined to figure it out together. And I think that we will. How do you become a great shooter? Uh, what, what are the keys in your mind, Rebecca? To me, the keys are I mean, someone has to have invested in it in time, especially if you're coming to this level. You've got, you've got to have put in the time previously. Um, but I think what, some of the things that separate the best once you get here, one is the quickest release. Like, because the defenders get faster, they're taller, the better you are. And Peyton's having this happen to her now, like increased coverages, right? So the ability to release it quick. And then I think it looks pretty natural. Like it's a smooth motion. Um, It's funny, we showed a clip today of, we encourage our team like catch bad passes. Once in a while your teammates aren't gonna throw you the best pass. You need to catch it anyway. And what Peyton does as a shooter is she makes it a good pass. So the way that she moves to catch it so that it's in the place that she needs to start her shooting release, um, she's really gifted at that. Is that a muscle memory thing too? Yeah, for sure. Um, leading my, my body into a pass is honestly how I prefer getting my shot up. Um, and just the ability to keep moving also while, while you shoot the ball. It's obviously something I only get a fraction of a time to get it off. So the quicker I can get my feet set and get it up, the better. I tell my seventh graders, get your feet set. Because I yeah. see a lot of them want to you know, take a shot and they're, you know, kind of falling off balance. I'm yeah. like, that shot is probably not going to go in. There's too much going on there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was talking actually with my, my dad after the game yesterday and he was like, you know, your shots look good, but man, when your feet aren't set, they don't look too great. So <laughs> must be a dad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I like the, I like the effort, yes. but mm-hmm. it, don't be in a rush, right. you know, be ready. And, and running offense, the way that you guys cut and move is beautiful i mean and it is part of basketball is away from the ball what is your 
purpose? How do you see cutting? What mm-hmm. is the key to being great on offense and cutting? Yeah, great question. We're actually, I should know the number, but we're highly ranked nationally in what we do in off-ball screening action, which is really, really important to us because we think that, you know, our offensive philosophy is that there's five women on the floor that are hard to guard. Now, that's different than saying we want five scorers or we want five shooters. We want five women that, when paired together, are really, really difficult to stop. And we believe that our off-ball screening action, one, it occupies the help defense, right? But it also allows us to access each person's individual skill set. Like, for example, Kyla is one of the best screen readers off the ball in the country. So we want to put her in those situations where she can get an open shot by reading the screen. Um, We always say to our screeners, too, you're going to be open. If you set a great screen, you're going to get an opportunity, too. And then just Peyton's almost a queen of double assists, which is something that we track similar to a hockey assist. But that's when the crowd's going, ooh, ah, right? Because multiple people have touched it and are involved in that final play. Um, We even this year started tracking triple assists when you get, you know, it takes a couple people to get that final bucket in. And when you're running offense, communication is key, but you can't go too far, right? You can't be like, hey, I'm open over here. I mean, so it's eye contact. And, and do you do you show them a target? How, do, how does that work? Yeah, I think as as scorers, as shooters, we want to uh, lead lead our pa- uh, lead the pass with our hands. So typically, we have where we want the ball and hold it up. Um, and also take in practice, like we also have to communicate with them where we want the ball, when we want the ball. And I think that's just a part of listening, communicating, and um, just having results at the end of the day. What about uh, being tired and fatigued? How do you? fight through that that is every single game i mean if you're if you're cutting and running and your team's pretty deep i mean you can you can bring people in and rest them i'll ask you that question next about substitutions but how do you deal with fatigue and and being tired late in the game yeah i think fatigue it's definitely uh physically but also i think it's mental um a mental game and i think when when you see a teammate you know maybe they're not doing great or doing hustling well or like you know um, we just say, pick it up, you got it, you got this, or maybe we'll tell Tillett, like, we need one, we need one, so next player up, um, and give our teammates the opportunity as well to get in the game and, you know, influence when we, we need to sit on the bench and we're a little tired. So I think that's, like, we say those are good teammate moments, and um, if you're fatigued, then, you know, have your have your t- other teammates back, and you don't want to be fatigued out there and because and, you're not going to have the results you want at the end of the day. Two things there. Are you waiting for that signal? But also, I have to guess you probably know that that's, that signal's coming. You've watched these women play enough. You know what the signs are. It's both. Um, one, we do love, like, we have a, a phrase that we say, play as hard as you can, get tired, ask for a sub right? Because that is the teammate moment. Like if you truly play as hard as you can, you should be asking for a sub almost all games. Now there are times where the game calls for you to be great and to convince yourself that you're not tired. So we have another phrase that we're not tired. We can, we can get to the next moment. Um, And then also, yes, film and, you know, many of the plays that we watch them do, you're watching it analytically three times because you're what each person's doing and um so yeah i think there are some t- sometimes for women when they're getting tired we have a, a new um moment where like if there's any jogging and like, communicated that so we're gonna make a change you also i'm sure in paying attention to all your substitutions you have a group of players you like to play together but sometimes 
in a game, does it happen where you're like, no, 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 this is, this is, ha- this is working. This is my five right here for right now. Absolutely. And I think our women say it too, like offensively, you'll say like feed the hot hand, or if there's someone defensively really making a difference on a particular matchup assignment or a, a particular way to defend something. I think as a coaching staff, remaining open-minded to what each individual woman could bring. I think Ashley Connor is a good example of that in recent games. Um, she has an innate ability to get to the rim through traffic and finish a layup. So we want to access that skill set. And even though maybe she hasn't played as much as she would have liked prior to that, she had something our team really, really needed, and she gave it to us. The St. Joseph's game. Mm-hmm. That was that was the game where you guys fell behind, yep. I think, by a sizable margin. Yep. You put her in. Things changed. I think she scored two buckets from the right side of the lane back yep. to back, and she it did. kind of flipped the game around a little she bit. She did, and she had a similar moment at GW. Um, so I think, you know, and, and that's a testament to her staying the course and working too, right? Because it's not always easy when everybody wants a, ro- a big role, right? But there's only 200 minutes. So you, right. you got to figure out a way to do that. And so for teammates to continue to root for each other, to grow, and then when your opportunity comes, seize the moment. Transition, uh, making things happen in transition, yet not rushing and turning the ball over. What, what is the key to your, I mean, I, without giving away reports to your opponents here, yeah. but how do you see your transition game at its importance? Hopefully none of the opponents are listening. They got, <laughs> they got other things to worry about. No, I know. Um, you know, I think it's a couple of things. One, for us, and something we're really focused on right now, is we want clean stops, right? That's what we call it. A clean stop is a stop we get without them getting an offensive rebound. And that is when we, we see in our team there's just an ignition towards transition offense. And then I do think I'm a little bit liberal in in turnovers in that I think that when teams are playing their best, they're not scared. They're not fearful. So you'll see if you watch us over time, we're not like quick substitution after a turnover. We we want people pushing it. And we even say like push the envelope turnovers are okay with us. Maybe the connection doesn't happen, but we really try to make a great play. And okay, we know what we need to do differently to connect that. Um, So yeah, I think it's, you know, you got to find a balance there because you definitely need the possessions to be effective. Uh, but, yeah. Peyton, is basketball a game of runs? I mean, can you tell when you've got the upper hand at that moment? Yeah, basketball is a game of mistakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, as we all know. Yeah. Um, and I think our team can feel when we go on those runs, but also we feel when the other team goes on those runs. And I think that's what we're learning right now in, like, the hard times and just being able to – have that punch back and be like, no, we're, we're going to stop this run right here, right now, and then go on our own run ourselves. And, yeah, so I think the game of basketball just, you know, the game, the flow of the game, it happens. But I think we we as a group just are learning to respond, respond out of that. What have you learned about the game at your time at St. Louis University that maybe you didn't know about yourself? That- yeah, that's a loaded, loaded question. <laughs> um, I think I've learned a lot about myself and my character and ability to be in a team setting um, and adjusting and adjusting to change. And I think that will set me through the rest of my life. I know I've learned leadership skills. I've learned, you know, how to receive feedback, how to give feedback in a way that's that's loving and caring, but also direct. Um I've learned how to be a teammate. I've learned how to be a great teammate, how to how to know when someone needs to step up or I need to step up. And 
I think I've just learned and my character has grown so much and I think I can see that translate mentally and physically and I'm just at a different mindset than the one I was before I I'd came here. I'd love to ask Brooke Flowers yeah. what she is experiencing this year because my guess is, and actually Julia and Kyla who were with me here a couple weeks ago, said that they've really enjoyed her feedback. Yes. Some of the things that she sees from that perspective. How, how, how have you seen that? She is such a great leader. I've had the privilege of being her teammate for three years, and then now I get to she gets to be coached by her. Um, I think just her impactful words. She has such meaning and directness about herself and her words that she gives, and it's so intentional, and you can feel that in her delivery and everything that she does and says. And I think we also we have so much respect for her as well. So I think when she gives that feedback we're like oh yes like we want to know more from Brooke always because she's she's one of the greats she she set so many records being here and she knows the game so well um so yeah it's a privilege to even know Brooke Flowers and just have her energy and her presence in I wonder life. what that's like for her you know I mean it's like a, it's a different perspective on the game but I I sort of see that she's enjoying it she is and you know we've heard her a couple times like you know, it's like she's behind the, the curtain now, right? And she sees, and there are moments where she's like, wow, this, these are the things that, like, go on in all these moments. And then to Peyton's point, like, we had a, a meeting today, and, you know, typically after a loss, I try really hard to listen, right? <laughs> listen for feedback um, from the staff, from the leaders, before I assume that I know why we weren't successful in that moment. And she just had a really, really strong moment in the meeting where you could see every staff member is going, yeah, we, we agree. We see that too. And she did that as a player consistently. So now to see her do it in moments, big and small, right? One-on-ones with current players or in a pretty large staff meeting setting um, and say what she sees. What are timeouts like, like a full timeout? I mean, you're the boss, you're the coach, but there are a lot of people that are watching the same game. So you have assistants, you have players yep. that you can get feedback from. So how yeah. does how does that work? How do you see that? Yeah, a couple of years ago, I made a, a pretty intentional change where our captains are supposed to communicate while the coaches are having a huddle, the captains are having a huddle. And then, of course, the team is there as well. So the captains kind of game plan what they want to talk about. Then the team talks before we come. And then when I come to the huddle, I ask them what they talked about because I realize that most of the time they already said what we're going to say too, right? They know, they know what things need to be adjusted or fixed. And, and then it's more ownership. I think the best teams have player led qualities as well as coach led qualities. Um, and so you come into the huddle, hear what they have to say. And then I'm just able to kind of strategize from there of what maybe I think that needs to be added to what they said, or maybe if they forgot something that I think is really important moving forward. That's probably part of that growth that you're talking about, Peyton, is that you were able to get the confidence to say, here's what I see out there. Because yeah. she's – I mean, you're seeing everything. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're watching the game. You can see it better than than I can. But the players are playing it, and maybe there's something that they can offer. And, and I'm sure you, you were able to figure out that you can do that. Yeah, I think – Coach Tillett has definitely infused that confidence within me, just giving me the ability to even be a leader on this team. Um, And I think the beauty 
of our timeouts is that it's not even the players on on the court that are also speaking. It's the players that see everything that we maybe we don't see everything that are on the bench that also contribute to those those moments. And I think again receiving giving and receiving that feedback and just knowing that's out of love and just having that in your ear like Peyton, you need to box out. <laughs> it's like okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. Yeah. I know. Thank you, and I'll do it next time. Just sometimes you just need need those reminders um, in big moments. So yeah, I think I've just learned to appreciate just the ability of, you know, everyone has a role on this team, whether it's, you know, you play, you you die for the ball in practice, and, and I think that's something valuable that I've really taken from my time here. Do you pick your spots when you're giving feedback to players in-game, whether I should do this in front of the whole group or I should pull the person off to the side and tell them? Yeah, I think that's critically important um, in leadership in general, basketball or otherwise. Um, and it's interesting because the game's intensity can influence that. There was actually a big moment um, with Peyton and Julia in the semis last year. It was, yeah, I think it was Rhode Island in the semifinals of the tournament. Um, and there was an error. And I had to decide, right, like how great is the trust in our relationship and how deep have we built this bond because I need to deliver this feedback in this intense moment um, as we move forward. We can still win it. Um, and we can't do that in the future and we can't do that again in this game. And they both were so great. And then of course we all know the rest of the story. We went on to do it against UMass. Um, but I think the, the level of competition can increase the intensity in those moments. Um, and I think it can be both ways. I think the best players can also say that's not working. Right. And mm -hmm. we as coaches have to say, sometimes they see things or feel things on the floor that we don't feel and you got to trust that and in the best championship teams you have that that's a winning formula for sure one more in-game thing uh, before we take a break is that one of the things one of the, a lot of things i like about this team is this team is classy i never see you guys complain to the referees or about a call ever and i think it's because she does it and she's got your back and you know that is that true yes that's true it's a part of our culture um Till we know, and it's been present in this season, how Tillett has our backs every every second of every day. She will go, she will go above and beyond for us always, and we have to have that trust within ourselves and with each other that that we are also going to have each other's back. And also, we need to be nice to the officials, or else maybe things <laughs> won't go our way. So maybe they didn't get this one, but maybe they'll get the next two that will influence the game. And I think also that's something we're working on as a group, as a team, in practice, and just again, practicing those those cultural moments in practice really sets us up for the games. You know the rules of this game. So when you see something that did not go your way, but just in general, how do you handle that with the officials? Yeah, I do tend to use statistics a lot. I do think that, I mean, at a baseline, officials are trying to do the right thing, right? And it's a really tough job. I mean, we have the opportunity to give feedback on officials, like send in a clip and ask a clarifying question or something like that. And you know, I always say to our staff, if we have to watch it more than once, then why are we expecting them to get it right in real time, right? Um, so I really try to use statistics. Of course, I'm human, and there's moments of, of frustration. Um, but I think that over the years, like, we've had officials say to us, I, I actually had an official at the NCAA tournament last year tell us that we have the nicest team in America. And it was like, I told the team that. I was like, guys, good job. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. But I think, you know, I'm trying to discuss trends or strategies or 
you know, sometimes your team that you coach does something a little bit different than other teams. And depending on where the officials are in the season, like how much time they had to prep, right? Because the great ones prep for each game and they watch film and they already know what Peyton's move is. And so they know, well, that's not a travel because she does that every game. Um, so I think sometimes I share that information to, you know, hopefully influence in terms of the knowledge base. But I do study the game deeply for the rules, so I will ask clarifying questions. I know you do. Uh, <laughs> that reminded me of one more thing. It's amazing the technology today, what you all can track. Mm. It's incredible. Can you give uh, the listeners an idea of, in practice even, yeah. and in games, what you track? Yeah. I mean, we could spend all day on it, obviously, but some of the things that, that, yeah. that are interesting. Yeah, I'll say practices first. I mean, we track um, because our women are competing within each practice and they get feedback each day. Um, we actually stole the idea from Anson Dorrance, women's soccer at UNC. Um obviously highly successful, but we'll track every assist, every double assist. Um, we track the categories that we believe are the most influential in determining the outcome of the game. Um, so our women, every drill, they can compete for a, a point of value, and that includes unselfish points, right? Um, points of the things that are not tracked on a stat sheet, but we all know, fans included, that win games. Um, and then from a game standpoint, just the technology we have in terms of video, you know, I, sometimes you wish, like, if you just had as many hours as you could to research, <laughs> yeah. like, you could just go on these really deep dives. And um, I think we've got some really, you know, good staff members that really dive into the analytic space of what can we find out to influence the outcome of this game, um, especially on the side of defensive planning for opponents. Is that O'Loughlin Family Champion Center treating you well? Man, <laughs> I was just there for breakfast <laughs> this morning. Um, but, yeah, just the ability to – be in a space where you can both succeed in your sport and also in academics. Um, just being able to have that space in the same spot is just so convenient for the student athletes at SLU. Um, and I think we're we're using it more, and we're appreci so appreciative of the of the donations and everything that was put into it. And yeah, we we really like it there, and we love the the facilities that we have. Um, Pretty cool. You settled into that uh, second-level office there, yeah. Coach. Oh, my goodness. I always say, like, you can't walk into this space and not reach for excellence, right? I mean, just the way it's laid out, um, the thought that was put into it in terms of serving the complete student-athlete experience. Um, yeah, so we've had some really good strategy meetings in there. We would not – this is a little known story, but I would not have us in our strategy room until our leadership council had met there because it's their space, right? This is this is built for them. And uh, so the staff was kind of on me like, okay, well, let's get it on the schedule. We gotta, cause we gotta use this space. It was yeah. great. <laughs> That's good. Uh, it, is, it is magnificent. It really, it really is. is. Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, it's 6.45 here in Midtown, right on the campus of St. Louis University. We're at Humphreys. It is the Billiken Coaches Show, and we are back right after this from Learfield. We're back at Humphreys. Great to be along with Rebecca Tillett, the head coach of St. Louis University women's basketball, and Peyton Kennedy, who does a terrific job for this team and has for a number of years. We're at 3700 Laclede. If you want to stop by anytime, Humphreys is here for you. They are, oh, how late are they open? They're open to like 3 in the morning. I mean, you know, I mean, if you, what is it? 1.30? Okay. 1.30 is last call. Maybe 1.00. Uh, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll be here. Uh, but we, we are having a good time talking hoops, uh, talking life, and, and thank you for being here. I uh, really appreciate this. I know that the season is 
a grind, but the season also moves by fast, I feel like. It you does. Know, once you start playing games and then suddenly you're here. This time of year, what does it mean to you? Where, where do you want to see things go technically for your team? Uh, offensively, let's start there. Offensively, I think um, we've had moments in this season where we are really, really elite. We're moving the ball. We've got lots of people that can do damage in different spaces on the offensive end. I think um, in conference play, especially as you approach second round, right, these are the coaches that know you the best. These are players that know you the best and study you the best. So we have to be able to, you know, utilize our counters when teams, okay, this is the strategy they think they're going to get us with. We faced it at some point this year. Now we need to respond to it. So that's something uh, on the offensive end. And then defensively, you are creating some chaos out there and some havoc. Do you like where you are? What about in the interior when mm-hmm. when you're in a half-court game? How is yeah. that going? You know, I think statistically we do not like where we are defensively. I think we like the improvement that we're seeing. We've implemented a couple new things over the past month um, to try to speed up the learning process for us. Um, I think our team is capable, and I think we showed that even yesterday of – in terms of the disruption aspect, it's just you got to disrupt and then you've got to finish it. And I think that's kind of the place that we're at right now is finishing it. Um, and then consistency. I think our team has had, you know, some variance in consistency and rebounding or consistency in stops. And we definitely see the difference on the times that we have that consistency. Peyton Kennedy from Rockford, Illinois. Great town. Yes, yes. They know, they know their sports, man. Yes. Um, did you dream of this when you were younger? Did you think that this would happen? I think my parents really inf- infused this idea for me and this dream for me, and they they predicted that was going to happen. So it was kind of like they fed me this this information and all the and all the resources I needed to get to this point. Um, I don't know if it, it was never easy. It was never uh, – like I'm gonna be there, but I really, I really put in so much time, and I think that's what uh, the game gives to you. It, it gives back what you what you give. So um, I'm really fortunate to to be here and, and be in an institution that also exceeds academically as well. What did they give you? What kind of time did they put in? What what role do they play? Oh, uh, everything. <laughs> My parents, everything. Uh, sacrificing their time and their money to have to see me in this position they don't get to experience my day-to-day life they don't get to um you know have the free meals that I get to have every day but they put in the time and the and the training money they they drove me hours to practices on weekends they drove me hours to tournaments on weekends just to give me this experience and this college experience that I have today and be able to say that I, I went to an institution and came out with no debt. My dad is really, really likes the no debt part. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're really the reason why I, I do what I do. And just their encouragement and seeing how happy they are for me constantly and consistently. It's just it's truly something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. What was your first impression of Peyton Kennedy? Oh, I know some of it was my research before I even met her. And I was like, oh, she scored 2,000 points plus in high school. Like, there's some good stuff here. But then I think when you get to know Peyton as the woman, right, she's a really deep thinker. You've heard her mention a couple times her commitment to academics. She absolutely excels. Super excited to see what her 
ideas will be for her future. I think she's going to be creative and, and forge her own path in what she decides to do with all of the knowledge that she's gained. And then she's a really, really um, te a teammate that is looking out for what other people need. Um, sometimes even to the point where she makes that one extra pass that you're going, well, that one, we actually think you should have shot that. You know, that's also her personality in life um, is to look out for the people around her. And I think that's really special. Is part of your job going back to young Rebecca and remembering what it was like pre-college, like, mm -hmm. and then getting there and then, and then all of those responsibilities? Yeah, so interesting that you asked that. We just shared a motivational um, video with our team right before we went out to play against Richmond last night. And that was a picture of them when they were playing when they were younger. And for me, we included a picture of me when I was a much younger coach. Um, and just remembering kind of why we all got into it. And I think coaches certainly were influenced by the experiences that we had. And I think my goal and our staff's goal is to create this environment where people can love and care for each other and reach high levels of excellence together. And every time you do that, it's a little bit of magic. And so last year was certainly testament to that. And then you just see them grow. And then as a coach, I always say, I get to come back and do it again, right? Like great careers in coaching, you're gonna have 35 plus, you know, you get to do it for a really long time. Student athletes only have that window of time with their teammates and it's so special. And so we just wanna create opportunities for them to have lasting memories. That's Coach Rebecca Tillett with Peyton Kennedy. I'm Tom Ackerman, Billiken Coaches Show continues right after this from Learfield. Rebecca Tillett, Peyton Kennedy, thank you so much. It was a pleasure being with you here today. We thank you so much, Tom, and thank you to the listeners. Thank you. It's great to have you. Good luck uh, at Dayton on Wednesday. Tomorrow, men's game at Loyola. Billikens need a win. They are going into Genteel Center in Chicago to take on Loyola tomorrow. Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr. will have the call. Thanks and good night from Humphreys. You've been listening to the Billiken Coaches Show, presented by Edward Jones. Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Billiken Athletics. Life is a series of moments. Make the most of them with an Edward Jones financial advisor. Also brought to you by Royal Banks of Missouri, investing in our communities one client at a time. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Billiken Sports Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.